Thank you. Uh, uh, thank you, Mark, and thank you uh, to the elders of uh, King's Cross for this wonderful opportunity uh, to be able to preach to you. Uh, uh, Mark got a chance to preach to us a few months back, and it was a tremendous blessing. Uh, we really feel loved and cared for by your church, especially because you've been praying for us. You've been encouraging us. Uh, we, uh, uh, we are tremendously blessed uh, through uh, King's Cross, and we, we are grateful for uh, this friendship. Uh, today, I'm going to uh, speak from Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 16. Uh, and let me read the passage uh, for you as we begin uh, uh, to hear God's word. Romans uh, chapter 12. Uh, so if you have your Bibles, I'd love for you to turn to uh, Romans chapter 12, verses 9 through 16. Let me begin with verse 9. Let love be genuine. Abhor what is evil. Hold fast to what is good. Love one another with brotherly affection. Outdo one another in showing honor. Do not be slothful in zeal. Be fervent in spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in tribulation. Be constant in prayer. Contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse them. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. This is the word of God. One of the things that uh, we've uh, experienced through the symptoms, and I told you uh, uh, a lot of people in church have been sick uh, and have had these symptoms. Me and Deepa were not well for a couple of weeks, though we didn't get tested. Uh, we had mild symptoms, but though it was uh, a challenging two weeks for us because we had to quarantine in two different rooms, the kids had to be separate. Uh, and uh, every time we would come out of our room, the kids would go hide in their rooms. Uh, so it was kind of a weird uh, couple of weeks for us, uh, but we are, uh, uh, we are out of danger. We, we didn't struggle much. But one of the, one of the symptoms uh, people uh, face when they have COVID uh, is a loss of taste. Uh, they are not able to taste uh, food, right? And even sometimes loss of smell. Uh, and I was talking to a, a friend and she was uh, telling us how she, when she lost uh, a sense of taste, we, we, didn't do, we didn't have that experience, me and Deepa, uh, but uh, this friend of ours was telling us, she was saying how uh, because she lost the sense of taste, uh, food suddenly was not desirable. I mean, she, she just didn't want to eat food. Every time she looks at food, there's no desire to eat food and she would force herself to eat it uh, but it was not something that she was looking forward to. Uh, and I was thinking about this, how a virus in our body uh, affects not just the physical health, but even it affects how we view food and how uh, we relate to food. And I was thinking about that, and even with regard to church, uh, how there could be things in the church uh, that can make the church less desirable for others. There, there could be, 
what we call, let's say, a virus in the church, right? Uh, that can make the church less desirable, that can make the church lose its flavor, uh, lose its saltiness in the world, lose its effectiveness, right? So today I'm going to talk about what are the qualities uh, of a church with a missional flavor, right? What are, what are these qualities? Uh, and uh, we're going to look at this passage from Romans 12, and I'm going to place three qualities uh, for a church with a missional flavor. The first one uh, is a church with a missional flavor is honest with one another. Is honest, right? Uh, verse 9 from the passage we read, it says, let love be genuine. Uh, the word genuine is uh, hypocrisy, right? And it's a, in some translations say, uh, let love be without hypocrisy. Uh, People in the world uh, oftentimes hate the church. And one of the reasons they give is uh, that the church is hypocrite, right? The people in the church are hypocritical. There's an enormous gap between what we believe and how we live. Uh, there's a famous quote from Gandhi, who is the father of uh, our nation in India. Uh, he uh, said, I like your Christ, but I don't like your Christians. Your Christians are so unlike your Christ. It's interesting why Paul would use this, right? He says, let love be without hypocrisy. Let, let your love be sincere. Let your love be genuine. Why would he say that? Because it is actually possible to love with hypocrisy. It is possible to love in an insincere way. And how do we do that? How can we love in an insincere way? And one of the ways uh, we could be hypocritical in our love and, insinc and insincere is when we are not honest with each other. We are not honest about our hearts. We are not honest about our struggles and our sins and our failures and our flaws. You cannot love genuinely if you're pretending, you cannot love sincerely if you're hiding and faking. Uh, there's, a, there's a big crisis in Christian leadership today because of a lot of things that we hear all over the world. And the crisis is simply because the leaders are not sincere. The leaders are not genuine. And it's, it's true within the church too. We pretend uh, in order to keep an image before people. We are more concerned about looking good, looking strong, uh, looking successful. And we live a lie. We are more concerned about what people think of us. Hypocrisy is dishonesty in relationships. When we hide what's really going on in our hearts, when we are dishonest Inside the church, we lose our flavor outside the church. So here's a charge from scripture to King's Cross. Love genuinely by being honest with one another. By being honest. Be the kind of person uh, who will be honest with your struggles, with your setbacks, with your failures and flaws. 
be the kind of person uh, who would want to be accountable with others uh, be the kind of person who surrounds yourself with those who can ask you tough questions uh, be the kind of person who is uh, willing to be led who is willing to be discipled a person who not only speaks the truth in love but also receives truth in love a person who is not wise in your own eyes my friend that is an attractive quality an attractive flavor that makes the church missional in nature all right first is being honest the second uh, quality of a missional flavor in a church is to be is to honor one another to honor one another verse 10 i love this verse it says love one another with brotherly affection outdo one another in showing honor in verse 9 uh, paul uses the word agape for love and in verse 10 he uses another word called philadelphia uh, simply meaning brotherly affection it is a, it is a term of love uh, that is familial that that is a deep bond uh, between a brother and a sister between a parent and a child it is affectionate tender warm it it defines a close relationship a deep bond formed uh, through a close familiarity this is the gospel the gospel says that god sent jesus into this world to die on the cross and he rose again to defeat sin and death uh, so that he will save us and redeem us those who are spiritual orphans in this world and because of uh, the life death and resurrection of jesus uh, through the word of god and the spirit of god we have been adopted into the family of god and now we are his children we are part of a new family and in this family we honor one another uh, in this family there is a bond of love that cuts across race and and language and status and culture there is unconditional acceptance uh, there is deep affection a sense of belonging we've lived in delhi for 10 years and and my dad lives in uh, chennai which is down south my wife's parents also live in chennai uh, we see them once a year my brother lives in the united states we uh, see him uh, we don't see him much uh, in some ways i feel like i experience more love and i'm 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 more known by people in my own church than my own family if i uh, i'm in the hospital it's people in the church who come and visit me if i'm struggling if i need help it's people in the church so god has given us a beautiful family united in christ and in this family we honor one another and and i love what uh, what uh, scripture says how, how can we honor how can we show this honor uh, and this brotherly affection this genuine affection verse 12 says you rejoice in hope you are patient in tribulation and constant in prayer verse 15 says you rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep one of the ways we can honor one another is when we connect with people emotionally 
we've been reading a book called uh, Entangling Emotions by Alice Dare Grooves. Uh, and it's been, it's been a fascinating book. 15 of us who have been reading that book uh, as guys uh, really to kind of understand our own emotional health. Uh, and, and the book talks about how emotions are a vehicle to connect with each other, right? Emotions. And, and that's what Paul is telling here. You rejoice with those who rejoice and you weep with those who weep. Uh, emotions uh, show what people value. When somebody is rejoicing about something, behind that joy, there's something they value. Uh, when somebody is weeping over something, behind their sorrow, there's something they value that they've lost. So when we rejoice with those who are rejoicing and when we weep with those who are weeping, we honor them by valuing what they value. So emotions are a great way to honor each other. And we've seen during COVID, right? During COVID, uh, even in our country here in Delhi, uh, people are struggling. People are suffering, right? Uh, they've lost all kinds of things. They lost loved ones. They lost, uh, some people have lost their jobs. They've lost their freedoms. They've lost friends. Uh, they've lost the ability to play sports and go on vacations, Kids have not been able to go to school for more than, a, more than a year. And everybody is grieving in some sense. So how do we honor each other? When, when we show empathy. When we don't just understand what they are going through, but we feel what they are going through. We honor each other by connecting emotionally. We celebrate with those who are celebrating. We rejoice with those who are rejoicing. And we feel the pain of those who are going through pain. We tell them, I see you and I, I'm able to feel your pain. That's one way we honor each other. So the second charge to King's Cross, if you want to be a church that is missionally uh, effective in your city, you honor each other with genuine affection. The third one. The third flavor of a missional church is to be hospitable with others. You are honest with each other. You honor one another. And lastly, you're hospitable toward others. Verse 13 says, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. Uh, the word hospitality is from this uh, Greek word, philoxenia. We just looked at philo. Philo is uh, loving with brotherly affection. Xenia means a stranger. So hospitality is simply showing love to strangers and to treat them as family. In ancient times, uh, uh, traveling was very difficult. There were no inns or hotels or uh, Airbnbs. There was nothing like that. Travel was difficult. Travel was hard. Uh, it was dangerous. People rarely traveled. Uh, it was time-consuming. And when people did have to travel, they would stay in the homes of people, right? Uh, where they, they are given food, they're given water. Uh, somebody, uh, they give, uh, they're able to wash their feet and take a bath. They give them a bed. They give them protection. Uh, and uh, they send them in peace. And this was ancient hospitality, Right? And we see this ancient hospitality in scripture. We see it in the Bible. We see that in the life of Abraham, 
We see it in the life of Lot. We see it experienced through Abraham's servant. We see it in Moses uh, and, the, and the priest in Midian. Uh, so we see ancient hospitality, right? Showing love to weary travelers and strangers. And in, and in the Bible, God expands ancient hospitality uh, and the scope of it, not just for weary travelers, uh, but to be able to care for the foreigners, to, to care for widows, the aliens, those who are poor, those who are orphans. So God expands the idea of ancient hospitality in scripture, right? Biblical hospitality is showing love and welcoming weary ones in life's journey. That's biblical hospitality. Biblical hospitality is you are, you are welcoming and you are loving as a family those who are struggling in the life's journey, those who are weary in the journey of life. That is biblical hospitality. It's a, it's a lifestyle. It's, a, it's an attitude, right? Uh, you are constantly looking out for those who are struggling. Uh, you are noticing those on the outside, uh, those who are weary emotionally, those who are struggling financially, uh, people who are in need. That, that is biblical hospitality. Uh, you move toward them in love to treat them like your own family. The gospel calls us to be that kind of a person. A kind of a person who is constantly looking out for the stranger who is constantly looking out for those who are neglected and those who are ignored, those who are burdened and tired, those who are sick and lonely, to be able to refresh them, to be able to build them and accept them and to love them. That's, that's part of the way the gospel works its way out in our lives, is to be hospitable to others. Uh, one of the key things about biblical hospitality is that it involves an open home and a generous heart. An open home. If you think about it, uh, home is, is, is very private. We have a 13-year-old uh, and, uh, and I, we have to constantly tell her, your room, we need, everybody needs access to your room. In fact, I'm actually speaking from her room. <laughs> she likes to lock this place. She likes to treat it like it's her own space. Nobody is allowed here. We need to get her permission to come inside, right? But we tell her, no, when daddy needs to use the room, I'm going to use the room, right? Home is sacred. You have your own space. You have your own things. And that's wonderful, right? Biblical hospitality is to tell someone, you know, even my most private space, even my most uh, intimate things that belong to me, my time, my precious things, it is yours. It is yours. My, my home is yours. My time is yours. Uh, my space is your space. Uh, it is open to you. We welcome others into our most private spaces, uh, into a place of acceptance where we are able to sacrifice and be generous toward them. That's biblical hospitality. So here's the third charge to be a church with a missional flavor, that you be hospitable towards one another. So King's Cross, 
it's very simple. You want to be effective. You want to have a missional mindset in your city. Be honest with each other about your struggles. Honor one another by connecting emotionally and be hospitable towards each other. Now, the question is, how can you do this? How can you, how can you do this? Can you just uh, decide to do it from tomorrow? And we, we always use this phrase in, in Delhi, from tomorrow, I will be honest with others. From, from tomorrow, I will uh, honor everybody, right? So from tomorrow, uh, I will be hospitable, right? Is that, is, that the, is that the way we live from tomorrow? Is that where the power lies? Right? No, my friends, the power is not in our self-will. It is not in some decision we make. The power is in the gospel. Just like how uh, uh, to eradicate the virus, you need a vaccine to eradicate some of the virus, even in our own hearts, even in the church, you need the gospel. The gospel is the one that transforms us and gives us the power to live like this. If you think about it, uh, we are people who are naturally, who like to hide our flaws. We like to hide our sins and refrain from being honest. Uh, we are people uh, who outdo each other in receiving honor, not in giving honor, right? Uh, we, uh, we don't share honor, but we like to seek honor. We are needy for honor from others. If you think about it, we are, we are not naturally hospitable uh, and looking out for the weary ones. No, we are naturally selfish, looking out for ourselves. So the question is, where do we get the power? To, to be honest, uh, to honor others and to be hospitable. It is unless we see Jesus. And my friend in the gospel, we see Jesus do this. Jesus didn't hide himself, but he was exposed on the cross in shame before the whole world. He came in weakness and he died in shame, not because of his sin, not because he deserved it. No, my friends, it was because of my sin. It was because of our sin. So, so we don't have to hide our sins. But we can be honest with each other. Uh, Jesus, uh, Philippians says, Jesus emptied himself of his glory, of his honor. Why? So that we can receive his honor. We see Jesus was the ultimate host in the Gospels, constantly meeting with people and feeding people. Jesus was the ultimate host, but he did not just share his meal. He did not just share some material things, but he gave his own life for each one of us. My friends, the extent to which we see this Gospel, the extent to which we marvel at the grace of God through his son, Jesus, the extent to which we cherish it and we experience it and delight in it is the extent to which we will become honest. We will honor one another and we will become hospitable. So church this morning, what a, what a joy to be able to speak to you. And, and this is our desire in New City, Delhi. And this is my desire for each one of you this morning. 
God is calling you to be distinct from this world, to have a, an attractive flavor because of the gospel, right? And yet he calls us back into this world to be on mission for him. May each one, and this is my prayer, may each one in King's Cross Church so delight in the gospel, so cherish the gospel, oh, be so in love with Jesus that you will be transformed, that, that you will be so honest about your struggles with each other, oh, that you will outdo each other in giving honor and that you will be hospitable towards those who are weary in this world.